Hi, and welcome to We Can Be Real. I started this podcast because nothing makes me happier than connecting with people that I know and love and getting to share experiences and insights with people that I'm meeting here for the very first time. I'll share my own stories and invite guests to join me in conversations that will hopefully make us laugh, make us feel seen and understood, and will come away with more knowledge and information that can help us in one way or another. Here we go. Hi, and welcome to We Can Be Real. When I started my podcast, I decided that I was going to talk to my audience about things that I've gone through in my life and how I've gotten to the other side of it with strength and resilience and humility, for sure, as I'm bragging about how I've gotten there. And I also said that I would talk about things and challenges that I was going through present day, current challenges that I'm going through. And it's much harder, this is my sixth take over a couple of days, talking about things that I've accomplished or things that I've gone through, divorce, my eating disorder, particularly raising children and getting to the other side of it. Certainly the eating disorder is a perfect example of that because raising children, you're always going to be involved in your kids. Now there's new son-in-laws, there's a grandson. So that that is ever-changing currently, navigating different relationships. But the eating disorder, I am on the other side of that. And as much as that was a painful period of my life, I survived it and I help people get over binge eating disorder as well. The current stuff that I'm going through is much harder to talk about, but I know it's important for me and cathartic. I also think it's helpful to those listening that might be going through something similarly and hearing me go through it. It may, I may offer some wisdom, some just, or just hearing that I go through it too might be healing for someone. It's always nice to hear, okay, she's going through that too. That's why support groups work so well. So the thing that I wanted to talk about today is being single and what that's like at 62 years old after losing my husband. It's something that I never thought would be my situation. I lost Gary when I was just a a week shy of my 59th birthday. So let's just call it 59. And I never dreamed that that was going to be my situation, that I would be 62. I'd be a a grandma by myself. I'd live by myself, all of those things. You know, the loss is so great, but navigating the new life is, is very difficult. And then there's that piece about dating. And that's really what I wanted to talk with you all today and share what that's been like for me. So I think I should start with my background around this because, you know, where my confidence is and, and where it's not. And everything comes down to your childhood. And we certainly work hard to take ourselves to a better place. Those of us that do the work, I do. And I, my childhood was, you know, I was boy crazy from a very young age. I didn't get all the positive attention from my father. He was certainly a supportive father and always there and present. And I felt I knew he would take care of us, but there was never, you know, daddy's little girl. It was never that way. I don't remember any of that, you know, sitting on his lap and being told I was adorable and beautiful or any of those things. And when I went out into the world, I needed attention from boys differently than my friends did, differently than a lot of my friends. Boy crazy is an understatement. My mother would get a phone call, kindergarten, 
from a little boy's mother, please ask Ellen to stop chasing David around the playground to kiss him. Because, you know, I just, I was boy crazy and it, it never really went away. And through the years, sometimes I had success and I had some boyfriends and all of that. But as I got older and my self-esteem was not great, I had this big eating disorder and certainly wasn't feeling good about myself when I was sneak eating cookies and blah, blah, blah. That didn't help in the, the interpersonal relationships with boys because I wasn't confident and nothing was positive there. So when I graduated from college, after an unsuccessful time with boys in college, I was you know, full-blown eating disorder during those years. I met and married the first boy that asked. So it was certainly not a love affair, but I was insecure and he, he was the first boy that, that asked. And that was a, you know, average to below average situation. I had my daughters. I, I won't say that it was a mistake because I have my, my two beautiful daughters, but that relationship, it didn't work. And he left and married someone else. So that was certainly talk about a hit to the ego. That was a devastation to me. That was someone that was my family who I married the guy did that. So that brought me back to tremendous insecurity. I no longer had an eating disorder, so I felt better about myself in that way. But that brought me back to a time of real insecurity in the area that I was the most insecure, which was my desirability. Wow, gosh, my husband that I, I wasn't even so crazy about him. He, he left and that was a really, that I took a really big hit. And after my divorce from my first husband, I was really shaky and I didn't date for about a year. And then I did. And I did better in dating than I did when I was younger because I was certainly healthier. I, I didn't have an eating disorder, so that was certainly there. And I was, I already had my two children, so I, I felt good ab about that. I felt happy that I had my girls. So I did go out there and I, and I dated, but it's still, I still took a hit. It still didn't feel good. I couldn't believe that here I am, 37, with two little girls, that I actually had to do this. It was really hard. And I certainly didn't like it. I liked it more than I did in college, but it, it just, I didn't love it. And I felt, uh, I wouldn't say desperate, but I very much wanted to meet someone that could help me raise my kids. And I was looking for this, you know, the daddy kind of figure so that my girls would have this wonderful experience. And then I was lucky. I went to a party. I didn't want to go. So you, you single people out there, Sometimes you sort of have to show up. It was a party at, at a girlfriend's house and another friend dragged me there. And thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Jamie. It was her house. But I was encouraged to go and I met Gary and I liked him as a friend. I thought he was terrific. Not for me, but you know, liked him as a friend, even set him up with other people. That's how much I didn't think he was for me. But make a long story short, we became friends. We fell in love. And because we started as friends, I didn't have to try. I didn't have to, you know, go out there on a date and try and make myself look my best, any of those things, because we were friends and it didn't even matter. And we liked and then loved each other. It was easy and seamless. And he was the person I was supposed to be with. And that, and that was great. That was wonderful. That relationship was a 23 years together. And what was so wonderful about it in so many ways is that he made me feel so good about myself. And I felt like he healed 
all the parts of me that had been wounded and rejected. And that was great. And I remember feeling so lucky that I had this relationship. I would go to bed at night and I would hold him, not every night, obviously, but often. And I would say, oh, thank God for you. We had both come from bad marriages and we were grateful. And he healed me by having that unconditional love. It didn't matter if I was bloated from my period. It didn't matter if I was yucky and had pimple medicine on. It didn't matter. And I was loved and it was really very healing. And I remember being at networking organ at my networking organization and people would say, oh, you're so confident and you're so happy. And I remember thinking that I was sort of cheating the system, that it felt easy to be confident because I knew that I was going home to someone that loved me and appreciated me. I had that and I felt like I was cheating a little bit. Of course, I was confident because, you know, when you have the the love of a good man, it's easier. So I, I never took it for granted. But I also knew there was a part of me, not that it was fake confidence, but it was based on how he was making me feel. And when he died, when I did his eulogy, I even spoke about how am I ever going to feel the way that you made me feel? I knew that when he left this earth, I was going to feel less because I was no longer part of this strong team. I lost my partner. Wow, how am I going to feel great about myself without Gary there? Because he was bigger than life and that helped me feel full. So I knew my instinct immediately to, to write it in his eulogy, deep in my grief, I knew that, oh, here goes. I have to do this now alone, again, older. And I didn't date for a couple of years. I was in, in real, real agony. And I even said, oh, I'm never dating again. That's it. I was married to Gary. He's buried with my father. I'll be buried with him. And I'm good. That's it. I'm wearing a wedding band forever. And I would say to my mother, and she encouraged me, Ellen, don't say never. And I said, well, nuns are married to God or to Jesus or to God. I'm not Catholic, so I don't know. But I, I know I know that nuns are, they give their life over to, to God and they don't ever get married. And I thought, okay, I can be like that. That's it, no dating. Well, that didn't last forever because at the two-year mark, I decided it was my daughter's wedding, our daughter's wedding, and I was going to be walking her down the aisle alone. And it was a beach wedding, and my husband loved the beach. And I thought, this is brutal. I, I can't do this. I was in such pain. I decided, what does a girl do that's in so much pain? I thought, okay, let me go on all the dating sites in the whole world. So, you know, go big or go home. So the weekend of her wedding, I must have been driven by, this feels so terrible, what can I do? And at that point, I hadn't dated, and I went online, and the weekend of her wedding, I I was swiping and looking at men at the same time as I was walking my daughter down, not the same exact time, but, you know, the morning of the wedding, the morning of the brunch, looking at men, it it was a distraction, and it was sort of fun and funny, and I took it lightly. I went on a few dates, maybe seven or eight dates, and the pressure to look a certain way, the pressure, I describe it as is like going on an interview for the most important job. Because to me, meeting someone that you love, because I'm not dating just to have fun, and you know, that may sound silly to some people, but that's real for me. For me, I'm dating and was dating so that I could meet someone that I could like and love and want to be with and spend time with, not necessarily get married or live with, but certainly for love and warmth and excitement and not to just have a good time because 
I have a good time by myself. I have a good time with family and friends. I, I don't need it for just a good time. That was my mindset. So I would go on these dates and some of them went well. I felt very confident. Some men really liked me and wanted to go out with me again. None of the ones, and here we go to the same old story, none of the ones that I liked, liked me back. Or if they did like me back, they didn't like me for what I was looking for. And so you get all dressed up and you, know, you put on your prettiest interview, in quotes, shirt, and you, you make your hair look nice and the makeup, and you come as your best self, the self you want. I was real. I'm always real. But I thought sometimes, oh, you're too real. You're so direct. And that's my way. You know, I would say, all right, well, if my way isn't right for this man, then he's not my guy. However, it doesn't feel good to be yourself and then have someone not want to go out with you again. And that was hard. So I went out on, you know, the first couple of dates, fine. It was, you know, interesting. It was okay. No connection. But I wasn't sad. I didn't come home and want to cry. And then I had a date with someone that I actually was really excited about. I couldn't believe that I actually felt that way. It certainly wasn't love, but he was a widower. He was on the dating site. He was looking for someone 45 to 55. And he was my age. I think we were both 60 at the time or 61 a year or so ago. And recent widower, the conversation was sad and fun. And this was all, all of those things. It was a very long, long date. And I remember kind of walking home thinking, oh, this is the nicest date that I've had other than Gary. It was really one of those. It was a really maybe two others in my whole life that it was up there as a really such a great date. He reached out after the date. I was so excited like a kid. I mean, so, so excited. Felt good to be excited. And it felt good to be alive in that way. I, that made me happy that I have the potential to be excited in that way. And he asked me out again for later in the week. I was thrilled. I couldn't. I was going away. And by the time I got back five days later, this man that I was excited about, he was gone. He basically said, you know, you're very nice or it was nice meeting you, but I was in a relationship before I met you and I'm back into that relationship. I don't believe that that's true because I did snoop and I did see him still on one of the sites after. So he probably went back to a nice lady, but really I wanted someone younger and that's okay. I get it. He was 61 years old. Why not find a 45 year old that turns you on? I, I have no judgment on that. I don't judge him and his, and his choices, but I didn't like how it made me feel. So I continued to go out and I didn't meet anybody that excited me. And it just felt bad. I thought to myself, why am I doing this? I don't need a man to make me feel better. Yes, I'm a believer that without romantic love for me and for most people that I know, without romantic love, I'm never going to be the happiest Ellen that I was when I was married to Gary. I can be happy on my own. I decided that I admired women that seemed really good and happy without a man. And I've never been that person. I felt better about myself when I had a boyfriend. I felt better about myself when I had Gary loving me. How do I do this on my own and feel great so that when I go on a date, I'm not feeling I have to sell myself. So I took myself off of all of the dating sites because it didn't feel good to go on these dates and the anxiety that I would have, the stress over what I was wearing and this, and it just wasn't working. I, I clearly wasn't ready for it because if I couldn't handle it in the way that I wanted to, then why do it? 
if it's making me feel a certain way, I don't need to. So I took myself off the dating sites and, you know, I change my mind all the time. I'm known for it. People make fun of me for it. I make fun of myself for it. As I sit here today, I will never go back on a dating site. I promise you, listeners, because I am real, if I change my mind, I'll let you know. I don't think so. And I think they're terrific. I think for people that want so much to meet someone and they're willing to go through all of the process, wonderful. I think for younger people that really want to meet their partner and raise a family with someone, beautiful. You should do all of the things. You should join the clubs and do the things that you love to do and get on a dating site. That's not me at 62. I don't need that. I have my children. I have a grandchild. I don't need to meet a man to give me things that I don't have. I have all of those things that I want to feel whole. I want to meet a man so that life is a bit more fun and exciting and my heart beats a little bit faster. Not a need, more of a, that would be nice. So dating sites are great for the right people. It just wasn't great for me and is not great for me. So I took myself off of all of them all of them. And I decided that I would work on me and I would work on building my self-esteem in a way that I felt differently about going on dates. And I felt different when I was sitting across from someone. I didn't feel pressure. I didn't feel pressure to look perfect when I went on a date. And I had to really do a lot of work. So over the last six months, I started journaling. And I have always been one to journal, but not the way I did it this time. I journaled every day, handwritten, three pages. I, a friend turned me on to the book, uh, The Artist's Way. And part of that journey was finding the creativity. And I did it for that reason, to tap into my creativity. But it was also a way to get to know myself. So I, start, I started doing that. I decided to really get more into work and something that I'm good at. I, I'm a good life coach. Let me start with that. Then I started playing more pickleball. I started, a big thing was a challenge with me was having relationships. Now that my daughters are all three of them are married, they've invited or added these three men into our family. Being a mother-in-law that learns how to shut their mouth, that was a challenge for me. I raised my daughters. I raised them the way I wanted to, the way I thought was best. And now we have these three people getting over challenges of me being that person that my kids don't complain, mom, you shouldn't have said that, you shouldn't have said this. And it's been work. I, I've had son-in-laws for you know the past, I think Lauren, Lauren and Mike, my first married daughter, I think they've been together for 11 years at this point, you know, as boyfriend and girlfriend and then married. And I've learned how to be a good mother-in-law, which has made me even a better mother. So when I handle challenges within my own family and, and I am my, my best self, that adds to my confidence. And I am now more ready to start dating again, not going on the dating sites. But if I, I had a date last week for the first time in, in six months, I don't remember the last time I had a date and all the work that I'm doing on myself, it helped me to feel more confident, to not really care if this man, what he thought of me, I was myself. And I, I just, I didn't care. And I'm, I'm learning how that's, that's been my growth and my challenge to not feel needy, to not feel that I am defined by how a man looks at me, thinks of me. So what I've done and my advice to people that are in, in my situation, single, not by choice, I want to say, I 
worked on all the areas of myself, the things that I didn't like about myself, the things being having a shorter fuse, being a better listener, being kinder. I'm kinder and softer to my family. I'm kinder and softer to my friends. I'm kinder and softer to myself. I am more accomplished. I have more skills. I wanted to be good at pickleball. Instead of running away from it, because I certainly wasn't very good, I want, not that I was going to quit, but I leaned in. I played with women that were much better than I was. And being the, w- the weakest one on the court, instead of running away from it, a friend said to me, Ellen, oh, lucky you. You're the worst one on the court. How great. You're only going to get better. And I looked at it and that was such a great lesson to me. I didn't say, oh, you suck. Don't play. I thought, all right, you're not that good. How, what do you want? And I wanted to accomplish it. So I wanted to be the great mother-in-law and have my kids always want me there, not to be the annoying mother-in-law that had too much to say. So I'm working on, I wanted to be a better coach. I started doing my reading again, doing my researching. And the biggest thing is I started the podcast and it's my lover. I, I decided what can I do that will excite me? You know, my daughter said, mom, you're really doing a, a podcast? Seriously? Well, why? Like, yeah, what are you doing this for? And I said, you know what? I can't just be your mother and Ryan's grandmother. Do you want me literally just spending my time? Where, what do you see of me? If I, am I just spending my time swiping left and right on men? Am I just going out for dinner, batting my eyes at men that don't have a wedding band on? That's not me. I don't, I don't want that. So I really found something for me that I can love and work on and get better at. And in the process of finding myself and building myself up that I don't need Gary to do it for me. And I don't need a man to look at me across a table and do it for me. I'm trying to do it for myself. And I knew from the minute he died that that was going to be a challenge for me. And I didn't really face it until my dating experience reminded me that I needed to really work on my self-esteem so that I was better to handle the challenges of what it was going to be like as a single woman again. And that's where I am now. So here I am, took myself out of the dating arena for about six months, and I'm back to being open. If I meet someone organically, somewhere doing something, if someone introduces me to someone that is nice and appropriate and they think they're a fit, I'll certainly go. But I'm way stronger and better to handle whatever comes my way without feeling bad about myself. If the person across the table from me isn't into me in that way, I can handle it. I can handle that now. So that's my work. I thought this was going to be a lot hard. It was hard. As I said, this is my sixth take and I'm glad that I shared it. And I hope that my words resonated. I hope that what I had to say today might be helpful to any of you other single ladies out there and lean into the things that you love, the people that you love, and, and do, do what, what feels right for you. Don't do things that are just to meet a man. Do things that work and turn you on. And maybe in the process, you'll meet someone doing the same thing. But certainly in the process, the more you accomplish and the more skills you have, the better about yourself you'll feel. So thank you for listening, as always. And I will see you next time. Thank you. 
If you like what you're hearing and would like to work with me, you can reach out through DM or email at ellengschweitzer at gmail.com. Unlike many coaches, I don't have packages that I sell and people have to commit to three months of working with me. My feeling is people come session at a time. If you're finding value in our sessions and want to keep coming back, then you do. I help people with loneliness, developing healthy habits, self-esteem, and grief, or anything else that makes us human. Again, you can reach me through DM or at lngschweitzer at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to We Can Be Real. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would be so happy and appreciative if you would leave a review wherever you listen. Like and follow the show and share it with someone that you think would enjoy it too. To learn more about the podcast and about me, find me on Instagram at Ellen Schweitzer underscore life coach or my website, ellenschweitzer.com. See you next week.